to my mom by real estate and ATL. Passive income when I'm sleep is coming still. Took the bus down, rolling back. That's little nigga shit. I gotta make investments cause it can get ugly. Welcome back, episode seven. I know that we haven't been posting anything for the last two weeks, but somebody's been a little bit too busy traveling the world and buying Vacheron. So we're back. I am your host, uh, Edwin, and this is my co-host, Neve. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, work has been nuts, but we're back, back on the grind, back in the groove. Back, back, to, back to reality after buying four overseas uh, Vacheron. All right, relax, buddy. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. We'll get to that part. Um, I guess we can start this off. You want to have a conversation about watch sizes. Yeah, I think, I mean, with the recent releases in the new um, Titanium Deep Sea Challenge from Rolex, <laughs> uh, I, it brings up, like, the good point that you and I talk about a lot. Like, what is the perfect size in a watch? Yeah. And again, like, it really depends on wrist size. And you and I have kind of, I have an enormous wrist. Like, let's yeah. be honest about this. I, might, I have an 8-inch wrist. So to me, like, a 50-millimeter, like, Titanium Deep Sea isn't, it, like when I was reading the spec sheet, wasn't that crazy, but then like you see on wrist pictures, we'll get into that in a little bit. But it really depends on the size of your wrist. So like right now, I'm wearing the watch that my wife got me for our wedding, and it's a 36 millimeter uh, Datejust uh, Rolex Datejust 1601, um, and it's a 36 millimeter. But like on my wrist, on like my big big ass wrist, it doesn't look that small. No, it doesn't. Like, it looks like a tad small for your wrist, but it doesn't uh, it look looks like, like you're wearing a child's watch. It looks like a dress watch. It looks like something yeah. you would definitely like not be running around with every single day, but it's definitely like an elevated, classier like piece on leather, especially. Mm. Um, but to me, the perfect size, I for years before, like the last few years, we've been, like seen a trend of downsizing in watches. So, yeah. like the big thing, the big piece that stands out to me in that like change of size is the Tudor Black Bay 58 when that came out they downsized their 41 millimeters to 39 and the watch world went crazy like this is the perfect size like everybody loves this size it's like the perfect middle ground between like a larger beefier metal watch but still has that like old vintage style at 39 millimeters I agree and with to me, millimeters. It, that 39 seems to be like I have that my Explorer 1 and on my wrist the 39 Explorer feels like a 36 millimeter mm. because of the size of my wrist. But at the same time, like wearing this 36 millimeter, it still like fits my wrist fine. So maybe the perfect size for me is that 39 to 41, where like a normal person, in my opinion, would be like that 36 to 39, like 39 being on the bigger side, mm. 36 being on like the middle ground. And then you can go even smaller when you get into like the little Cartier's and old oyster dates and things like that. Yeah. We had a conversation too when we were talking about the tank possibly being my first one, and uh, there was a point where I was gonna pull the trigger, but um, th it was a point that we figured out that they don't do a medium, they only do small and large. And I was like, There's no way that large is gonna fit me, it's gonna be huge. And you're like, That small is gonna be way too small for you, but it is, it's different, it's a different yeah. of the wrist of like how you like it too. Because like a large tank would be huge on my wrist, like, but I think a small might be a little too small. Because I do have an extra yeah, large I mean, as well. it's, it's also, like, what you like. 
there's yeah. no like perfect size like everyone's always like it needs to be this size mm -hmm. but there is no perfect size especially when you start changing shapes so like you're changing the cardia you're going from a circular watch usually what you would watch. think of a watch yeah. to a square watch same thing with the apple watch the apple watch ultra for is 49 millimeters it's not that big because it's a square 49 millimeters in a circle is more like the deep sea which is insanely massive so it really depends i mean we can get into that real quick that that deep sea is like the release for me was when i first thought i was like shit a really insane like i love that i love rolex using titanium like that i love titanium i think it's extremely sporty really really durable super light which is exactly 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 like titanium to me is great because it's so strong but it's also really light and i think it's real like watch collectors like sometimes love when they put the watch on and it's like heavy and they like feel like they have this brick on their wrist but yeah. at the same time for comfort something light is super underrated so wearing like i wear the omega c uh, speed you know the omega c master no time to die the bond one yeah. that is in titanium too but that is like freakishly light like it feels so weird that it's yeah. so light i would love to see what this just an idea for feel like what it feels like on wrist rather than like what it looks like because when you see... the, the way that looks that shit does not look like it's gonna be like light at all it doesn't it looks like a beefcake like <laughs> yeah. it's a 23 millimeters thick yeah. that's that's two of my day just on top of each other no. Like, my, my point is with that is, like, you're looking for, like, a very niche market already when you're looking for luxury watches. And then that's even a way more niche market because the sizing of that and then what it, it actually is. Because I remember when I first saw the Deep Sea and I told you, I was like, oh, that, that watch is actually really nice. I like the concept of it or anything. Like, yeah, but that watch is huge. And then this is, like, double the size of that of the, of the Deep Sea. And it's just like, when you yeah. see this on wrist, it's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So they made a deep sea special back, I don't remember when, but it's this gigantic old piece that it's almost, it looks like a sub with, uh, like if you can look at my watch right now, it looks mm -hmm. like a sub, but the crystal stands up to like here. It almost looks like a joke. And they used it for... So, like experiments when they went diving and stuff to test like the water resistance and i think that's what they were trying to go with this it's to me it's a historical timepiece like it's a historical evolution of the sea dweller and what rolex has to show like to go from one spectrum when they had that original deep sea challenge to like where they are now in their technology yeah. but at the same time they're both basically unwearable like unless like for me i think i could pull it off no way but, that was huge even, even if I wore, like, it would still be a massive watch on me. It would be like a dive computer. Yeah, like, rem remember when we were, like, looking at, like, the biggest watches available and they had that, like, Invicta Hawk that was, like, yeah. huge. That's exactly what that is, man, with a Rolex stamp on it. Like, that's that's what that is. The Rolex Deep Sea Challenge is an Invicta branded <laughs> as a Rolex. 100%. That's, that, that's, that is huge watch stylistically now that's when we're my, talking about technology it's a different, whole different obviously yeah that's, obviously it's rolex flexing their muscle it's yeah. like look what we can build this giant piece look at this titanium like we're using titanium which is a big deal because back when earlier this year when we were like te they were teasing releases there was a an athlete that does like yachting 
mm-hmm. he was wearing a Yachtmaster one on the Oyster Flex, and it was so brushed that it didn't look like white gold. Everyone was like, oh, this has to be a titanium. We're getting a titanium Yachtmaster. Now, that would be sick. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. That's like a real sport watch. But to see this, and at twenty six grand, $26,000 for this monstrosity. <laughs> That's, I'm telling you that. Like, obviously, it's Rolex, so everybody's going to want to watch that, want that watch. But I'm like, from a... A style point of view, like I don't see why Rolex even like this is definitely just more of like a nerdy point of view, like really, really, really getting into like the watch like nerd story world part. But like from a like if I saw you wearing that watch and it was a Rolex, I don't think anybody would stop you and be like, "Man, that watch looks beautiful." Like you would think it's almost like fake. You'd yeah, be like, why is it? Like, why, why what, is, what is that? What is this? What is this Invicta wrist with a Rolex like? That's crazy, bro. Like, what's so interesting to me? Like, when I think Rolex, I think of like, I yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think of refinement when I think of Rolex. I think of like clean. I think of like they create designs that are so timeless that live on for generation to generation. And then you see this gigantic thing. It's like, I'll go over the spec sheet real quick. So it's a fifty millimeter diameter watch, sixty one millimeter lug to lug you're shaking your head because you've never even heard of a watch this big like people don't make watches this big 23 millimeters in thickness grade 5 titanium the indices are white gold cute whatever 11,000 meters water resistant 11 but that's the flex thousand meters that's the flex i think that's beyond the deepest point on earth like it goes past the mariana's trench which is insane to think about but like what's the point right like who's Who's that's going the, down there? Yeah, but that's the flex. And we had this conversation, I think, on last podcast where I was like, I, I really like the Tudor Black Bay Pro, but when you look at it from a side profile, it's really thick. This is three of those. I want you <laughs> like, I want you to understand. That's, the, it's thick. It's 14 millimeters thick. This is 23 millimeters thick. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, like, Humongous. Uh, for, for me, I like very sleek, elegant watches. This would be like... The furthest thing that I would want to like, I would like to see it in person and maybe wear it and like joke around with it. But like, I think if they gave me that for free, I'd be like, I don't want it. Like, I'd give it, I'd give it to you. I was like, have have a blast with this. <laughs> what I, how I see this I'm is like, if you're a fan pool. of, <laughs> if you're a fan of scuba diving, if you're yeah. a fan of like old artifacts, like die old dive gear, like I could see this being in. A like I, when I see this, I think of my brother-in-law who loves scuba diving, right? And yeah. like he, if he were to build like a mantle or something in his office where he has like old dive helmets, and then you would put like this in a case, and mm-hmm. like this is a piece of history. It's not something that you wear on your wrist every single day. That, but that's my point. A watch is supposed to be worn. Like, like I know, I know this this big thing of like collecting and not wearing it or collecting it so you can you know make some profit on it later. You're supposed to wear this. So, where can I wear this besides the water? <laughs> like, there's no way I'm just gonna like walk around the mall. I'm gonna go to Ball Harbor with this brick on on right here. Like, no thanks. No shot. Yeah, no. But it's, it it's looked, massive. it did look really, really good on the professional pictures that Rolex put out, though. Yeah. It's, and- until I saw it on the wrist, I was like, this is horrible. And, like, James Stacy, who went and, like, he was – I listened to the pod – his mm-hmm. podcast, The Grey Nato, where he explained, like, how the whole thing went down with Rolex. Like, he was, he was sent by Rolex to Geneva, and they were like, we have this special thing that we're releasing. 
can't tell anybody about it. And he goes in and he sees this. Like, I can't even, I don't even know how, where I would start to like write a story about this and, or like take photos of it on wrist. It's so, once you see it, like, like when you're looking down straight at it, it's one thing. But when you see it from a side profile on someone that has like a normal size wrist, that's where it's like, ah, shake my head too like, much. Me, me keeping up my professionalism in Geneva while you put that watch on, I would immediately take pictures and like start laughing. Like, look at this. Like, what is, what is yeah. this? Like, this is yeah, crazy. it's crazy. <laughs> um, continuing on this, Omega Chrono was put out last week, uh, or a week or two ago. Two weeks, probably, it was. Um, we had this conversation because I sent you this on a, on a DM on Instagram. I'm like, hey, man, I 100% think this could be my first watch. Like, I was ready to pull that trigger. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking... I'm thinking this watch is ten grand, maybe maybe max fifteen, and you're like, Do you know how much that watch costs? And then you can get to the part of the story where you get in. So it's late at night, right? This was released on the West Coast in LA. Uh I forgot when, a couple weeks ago, whatever. Um Everyone released it, everyone saw like we started seeing the post about it, and I sent it to you and it, I was like, this is insane, so cool. It's What we're talking about is the Chrono Chime, I believe it's called. Yeah. The Speedmaster Chrono Chime. Gorgeous, 18 karat Sedna Gold, which is... Beautiful watch. Omega's own variation of rose gold. They call it Sedna Gold. It's their yeah. own patented gold, watch. which is, like, gorgeous. And it's a minute, essentially a minute repeater, but a different twist on it. I was listening to some guy, someone explain it. It's, when you think of a minute repeater, you think, okay... I push the trigger on the minute repeater, the watch will chime back to me what mm-hmm. like time it is in chimes. So it'll chime twice if it's 2 o'clock, and then in sets of 10 for the minute hand. The chrono chime is a little bit different where it works. It's a chronograph because it's a speedmaster. And say you time your, you want to time how long you're putting your stake on the pan for, right? So you click it, and you're a super rich dude who has 450 grand just laying around. You click your chrono, it goes whatever, 20 seconds, and you stop it, it can chime back to you and let you know how long your chronograph was going for instead of having to look down and see and read the dial. That's exactly that's essentially what the chrono chime does. It's an ins- it was an insane amount of technology going in behind this thing. There's 50 distinct components um, made specifically for this watch. The finishing is like okay, but just like the it's not finished like a paddock or anything. It's an Omega, but still, it's gorgeously like done. The, the dial the, is the, so nice. The dial is 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 like mesmerizing to me. I I can't get enough of the like the color, the way that the Sedna gold balances with the dial, and the, the what I love the most to me is the um, sub dials. The like Sedna gold mm-hmm. guillotine sub dials are just stunning, and it just Everything about this watch, to me, is, again, it's another way of a brand flexing their muscle. But yeah, this 100%. feels so good. There's something about this that just, like, looks so great. And that watch I looks sent so, it to you. Yeah, the watch looks fucking I great. I sent it to you. And, like, to the, to the untrained eye, you think it's a Speedmaster. Okay, I said Nicole yeah, Speedmaster. 100%. Yeah. So you were, funny enough, being like, I could totally see this be my first watch. 100%. Little do you know that it was... Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it takes crazy. What was it? Eight years. Yeah. Each like each one is made individually, and it takes eight years to complete. 
Yeah, like, that was, like, this is insane. Like, the, the price point to that is so crazy, but if it takes six to eight years to build one of them, then that, that, that's, like, justifiable, but 450 for that was insane. Like, I, I you couldn't, uh, any other day you couldn't tell me that that, that watch was, was for 450, but then when you actually see, like, the actual, like, what it comes with, like, the box and the whole, like, you know, layout that it comes with when, when you buy it, it's, it's a really, like, well done, um, you brought up a good conversation in that when you were talking about this Omega. You were saying that the finishing isn't like a Patek finishing. For people who don't mm-hmm. know or aren't in that much into watches, what do you look for in the finish to, to say if it's a good finish or bad finish? Because, you know, some people say Grand Seiko has the best finishing. And then other people are saying, like, like how would you say that, like, Rolex has better finish than they do, you know, all that. Like, the watch world. So, the big thing is here is the amount of time they have to spend on actually working on a specific piece. Mm-hmm. So at Paddock, they only make, I don't know what the number is. I don't think they even release the numbers, but they only make, let's say 5,000. This would be a lot, but 5,000 watches a year mm-hmm. where Omega makes 500,000 watches a year. Yeah. So the scale of work is way more on Omega side. So like my Seamaster has an open case back. If I have a, like one day I can show you, like you could put a loop to it and you could just look at the finishing on the coaxial movement. It's machine finished. It's not hand finished. Mm-hmm. Whereas in paddock, every single movement is hand finished. Every single piece of every single component of that watch is hand finished. So like you put a loop to it, it's art, essentially. It's, it's one person's life's work in a small movement that makes a watch tick. Something to this scale and this level that Omega releases, I'm sure is like hand, of course, is hand. I mean, it has 17 patents alone they had to open to make this watch. It has 575 separate separate components to make this. So I'm sure each one of these is hand finished and hand done. But do they have the skill and the like craftsmanship? Yeah, the quality of it on all the watches that Paddock has. Yeah, no. That's that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 uh we can get into the new paddock that they had today. That you actually just recently sent me that they have the the new um damn what was it? Yeah, the Grandmaster Chimes. Yeah. That are like they released four watches. Um, they're like <laughs> stupid flex. Like again, yeah. I I. The, uh, to me, the recent pattern in watches is just like who has the biggest dick. Yeah. Like everyone's trying to whip 100%. their dick out and be like, "Oh, look what we can do! Oh, look what we can do!" And it's just yeah. like ridiculous. Like the- I don't understand the point of these grandmaster. Like what? Who can afford something like this? And, is the and question the, for this me. This is also their 175th anniversary, so that's why they have this watch to celebrate their 175th oh, anniversary. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I can see that. Okay, I don't care. Like this is a, this is an, an insane watch, dog. So they're gonna yeah. come out. Um, yeah. So each they dropped two watches. They um, came out with. They dropped a, four. So two, two, two sixty three hundred um, Grandmaster chimes in white gold, covered mm-hmm. in baguette diamonds, and then they released a fifty two seventy one, um, the split second chronograph in platinum. One with the blue diamonds, I forget what they're called, and then one in the rubies. I can't even think of these things. It's yeah, just like... They have 20 complications in each one of the watches. Yeah. And what's the price? We know this. Oh, come on. Man. Upon like, request. Yeah, it's definitely upon request, and it's definitely like 1.5. 
More. more. You think it more than this? Way I mean, more. With the diamonds, yeah, because it got diamonds on the actual side of the. the I didn't see that. <laughs> it's, hey, man. It, it, it's, like you're laughing because it's like, it's, who, it's what? Who does this? You know who's going to afford that. We already talked about this. Saudi princes are going crazy with that right now. Like, that, that, well, that's the person's. Jay Z has a Grandmaster Chime. And, I mean, I don't know why he would need another one. But I could see, I him, see also. him get another one for sure, like a hundred percent. Why wouldn't you take the opportunity of getting that watch if you can afford it? I'm sure if he's offered it at retail, like that's something he would be very yeah. interested in. It's a 175th anniversary, like that. That's that's going to be a very valuable watch to, uh, in time to come. You can definitely leave that to the kids. That's that's a it's a really nice watch. Like there, there's nothing to say about it, Patek. Like you said, it has one of the best finishing and diamond settings. Um, so in, like, yeah, like, but reali- realistically, me and you and all the people who listen to this podcast are not going to be able to afford that anytime soon, at least. So no chance. Yeah, like <laughs> unless. So just just to bring everything into like understanding, a sixty three hundred G in white gold with no diamonds. There's one available on Chrono Twenty Four right now, and it's going for a whopping nine point two million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Come on, man. Yeah. So and that's without diamonds. So yeah. this has my gut diamonds. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, what are we doing? Yeah, there's not there's there's nothing to say about that. Oh man. like it's just a great four hundred and nine four hundred and nine baguette cut diamonds yeah. weighing thirty one carats in invisible setting. Like who Okay, okay. realistically what, what are we doing? realistically we're talking about a price point on this, it went from one point two to like five point five. Maybe more than more. That. Yeah. More like I with would those, say I, with I, those I, diamonds, I'm not joking. It could be like I could 20. See, yep, 20, 30, yeah. maybe. It could be 20. With, with that amount of diamonds in there, like, it easily could go for 20, 30 million dollars. Like, easily. Like, retail. A, like, <laughs> like, just so crazy to me. That makes <laughs> no sense. And it's like, I don't even. And that makes the, <laughs> the chrono chime from Omega seem more, you know, realistic. Very minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I. They definitely do that on, like, all these companies know what, what, what they're doing. Like, Omega put out the big one, and everybody was talking about that, and then Patek's like, oh, really? Like, oh, here you go. Like, what do you think about this? Like, and then Rolex dropped the deep sea, but, like, compared to these, they're like, okay, that doesn't really matter at all. Like, there's... Like, it's I haven't like seen a big flex from flexing. Rolex in a while. Like, a big, big it, flex in, the, in that, like, the Patek space of it, where it's just like, hey, let's put these diamonds on and let's go crazy. I mean, I'm sure there's some off-catalog stuff that we're not privy yeah. to, but... I, at least in the public eye, I haven't seen them drop a watch where it's just like, hey, this is going to be like $1.2 million. Gonna, we made four of them, so. I don't think they've ever really, I mean, the Rainbow Daytona is like one that I think yeah. of, but. That's the only one that other I think than of that, It's like, it, there's nothing that's like a chandelier, you know, that like DJ Khaled would buy. Except that maybe that Sky Dweller that's like covered in baguettes that uh, your boy Drake has. But other than that, I can't really think of anything that's like completely shiny you know yeah like nothing that nothing that like really like we just talk about and just like okay come on man like we we can't buy this but if you have the money to buy this watch you should buy this watch like yeah you pull up with one of those your head's gone in 10 minutes like wild we we talk about people getting robbed for rms like you come up with one of those it's over for you like try try taking that to london have a blast see and that's the thing like it, it it becomes not fun to wear. So recently, I've been wearing my and we spoke we spoke about this yeah, earlier in the week. 
I I've been wearing my I don't think I've really shared on this podcast like my entire collection. Mm-hmm. Like what I every piece that I own and it's like obviously it's nothing crazy. It's yeah. nothing really nothing that nuts. But I have a a Pepsi GMT, a modern one, stainless steel on the Jubilee bracelet, and I've been wearing it lately. I had it sized for my wife before, and now I size it for myself again, so I've been wearing it. And I work in a retail space where, like, I'm sometimes customer-facing, most of the time not, but sometimes I am. This week I happened to be kind of customer-facing, and I had someone ask me how I can afford something like this while working in an establishment that I do, and that just like shows the ignorance between people and like watches. the workspace and watches again. Yeah, like, yeah. They don't understand what like a lifelong like I've been collecting watches since I was sixteen. Like I've been in this space for so long and have been buying and trading for like eight years now. So like I've earned my way kind of to this point mm-hmm. by doing research, knowing right, right buys and stuff like that. But people don't understand that. So I don't feel comfortable wearing those kinds of watches anymore i'd rather just wear my seiko like my seiko turtle and be happy and comfortable in that because i don't have people coming up to me and talking to me about it and that makes it kind of weird for me well when we worked together in in the space and i was just getting to watches and me you were getting to watches was probably like the most that i've seen like people really really annoy guys who they think know about watches because they want to like have some like say over if you know about watches or not so they think that especially with the pepsi i saw the most when we worked there and you would have to it's an iconic piece yeah guys would immediately oh that's a nice watch but my watch is really nice too and it's just like all right guy come on like you you could have just not said anything like that that's also yeah like an option but like it's definitely that it's just like the um you have the like we talked about it. We have the, you got the finance bros who just buy Rolexes because that's what everybody in the office is wearing. So that's the type of guys that will tell you, "Hey man, that's a nice watch, but my watch is nice too." But we also had the super like, I used to wear Hublots and now I wear Rolexes because like somebody told me they're a better investment. Like the guy who went in there and uh, was like buying all the stuff, like you know, trying to show off, spend ten, twelve grand or whatever. It's like some, trying to be like some baller client, and then. As the guy was walking into the store, he, he like, stopped the guy. He was like, I'll trade my watch for your watch right now. And it's just like, you just wanted to say that? So the guy noticed that you had a nice watch on, too. The guy who he stopped, you can 100% tell by what he was wearing, that he was a collector of watches. And he felt so uncomfortable that he pointed out that he had a Rolex on. And it's the same thing that you have as well, where you're like, I, I wear Rolexes. I don't want anybody to point out I have a Rolex. And then also, there's a different point of view also, where it's like, we talk about this all the time. People think that a Rolex is more expensive than what it is. Like people who yeah. aren't people who aren't into watches think that, that Pepsi costs you fifty grand, and that Pepsi was yeah. like twelve or thirteen at that time. Like I think less. Yeah. I got it at retail, so like exactly. that's a different. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's again, it's like something that I've earned, and it's not, and I. Not to say that Rolex is not an expensive brand, or it definitely is. 10, we know it is. Ten though. to twelve thousand dollars isn't a lot of money. It's a fuck ton of money, mm-hmm. especially in the world we live in right now. Exactly. But I have been doing this for ten years, so like I've been, I've accumulated over time pieces, sold pieces, bought pieces. Mag knows this. I sell pieces left and right. Like I get rid of things all the time to make room for other things, 
And this is another conversation we can get into because I'm yeah. thinking right now about downsizing a lot of what I have into one nicer piece that is a little bit more low key and not as like identifiable as a Pepsi or as a Submariner, even though the Submariner I'm going to keep, but you start, you start I want something my that's a, room. I'm starting to understand that I want to be because, and here's the thing, and this is going to sound like a joke because every, like everyone makes fun of me for this, but I fucking love my Apple watch ultra. I love that thing. I wear you it do. all the time. You definitely do. I really, really <laughs> love it. And like, I use that in place of what I would wear my Seamaster before or what I would wear my Explorer before, because I don't need those things anymore. I have the ultra that tracks everything for me. It's titanium. It's great. It looks good too. Like it's really not, it's, it's yeah. a really good looking watch. They did a really, so we I'm, talked about that. We, they did a really good they, job making I, it like a watch. Apple is one of the best design brands companies in the world and they know what they're doing they make amazing products and i'm gonna leave it at that but that is replacing a lot of the void for me to where like now when i wear pizzas i want to wear something that i enjoy because of it's like it's me and i can like it for myself i don't want to wear it because i want john the fucking accountant yeah. to be like oh my god you have a pepsi bro where did you get that did exactly. you get that downstairs like no like, like fuck off i one, hate that one shit. one thing that i would say that i noticed uh a lot with you is that you do not like attention in that way like you don't like to draw attention, I hate to, attention. To, to, to people so you, you don't want people to like think that you have money so that that's one thing I have that no interest in that. exactly like like there's there's no interest in actually Buying the watch to flex with the watch is my point. Like, there's, I, I don't mm -hmm. see that. You like watches because you like watches. And I've seen you have conversations with guys who you think also like watches and have, like, a very interesting piece, like some Omegas and stuff where you would tell me, like, yo, that Omega's, like, 50 grand that this guy has. It's, like, really, like, you know, limited or whatever. You have a conversation with those guys. The, but yeah. that's not the reality, though. A majority of the people who have watches now, especially in the, in the time that we are now, are people who just want to flex the watch. That's it. Yeah, I know. And it sucks. And it's the same thing with cars for me, right? Like, I, my best friend is a huge car head. Elliot loves cars. We've had him on the podcast. He yeah. loves cars. And he always tells me, buy the Range Rover, buy the X5M, buy the, why don't you buy a supercar? Why don't you buy a Porsche? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm fine with the Subaru. Like, my Subaru is so cool. It goes off road, <laughs> it has Apple CarPlay. Like, I'm so cool with it. Like, I don't need anything else. It takes me to the golf course, and it takes me home. That's all I need it for. Like, the, really. The the Miami has left the building in this guy. He had enough of the flexing. Yeah, I've never heard something that that's more relatable because <laughs> I, that's exactly what it is. I, I, I hate that stuff. Because, you know, the thing is with Miami that you have to keep up with appearances. Especially yeah. when, when you when you live in a certain area in Miami, like like if if you live in a certain area in Miami and you you show up in a Subaru, they're gonna be like, oh, he lost all his money, like <laughs> like right away, like yeah, oh, yeah. no no more Pepsi or oh, had a downsize, huh? <laughs> like that's yeah, the, exactly. that's the kind of type of thinking that is there, but it's just like sometimes you don't want to like be the person where everybody's looking at what they have on sometimes and like it would have i know with the pepsi it's it, it i saw it the most out of anything the submariner sometimes too but the submariner is kind of more of like an intricate watch where like actual people who at least know something about the watch knows but the pepsi is like a really big like defining piece for people and like, yeah 
that that was the especially thing that was on the, the Jubilee spotable. bracelet. Exactly, like that that was the most spotable watch. So I I saw the very much so a comfortability coming out of you at that time where you're like, hey man, I'm just gonna go to the back because I don't want. And I stopped thing. wearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wear like I didn't twice, like it at maybe. all. But and that's probably my favorite watch that you have in your collection. Like I love that watch. I, I think that that watch yeah. deserves and the credibility that it has. And we can get into the conversation of like watches being an investment and like everyone has to be like I want everyone to be responsible with money mm -hmm. and understand that like I'm I don't I'm I'm not in a position where like I can afford these things as just like play. To me these are like and me and my wife are very on the same page about this. Like these are investments. These are oh, assets to us. You got to buy and the, some real, people, the right things. Exactly. And people like a lot of people disagree with that that are like in the watch community. They mm -hmm. don't they but those are rich guys. Like I'm not a rich guy. Exactly. I don't have I drive a Subaru and yeah. I'm happy with it. Like this is if and I buy the right pieces and I know what I'm buying. And I know like buying it at like a Pepsi at retail, I know that if I need to liquidate, I can liquidate it in 30 minutes and make my money back and more. Exactly. And I know that I'm buying the piece at the right price and like I have done the research and I've, that's what I mean by like earning it. Like I've earned that because of the time, like people make fun of me, but that's time that I put into researching these things and learning about the market and you actually like it though as well too. Yeah. Like it, it's not really that much like a, that much of a problem when you actually like what, what you're researching or anything like that. It's like a, kind of like school where like if you're not interested in it, you don't pay attention. Yeah. But something that you're interested to, you're going to pay attention to it a lot. And that's, that was a conversation that we we're having about downsizing because a, a, a lot of your transitioning to downsizing was that you wanted to get like a more low-key piece and not something that's just so flashy like a Rolex. Like a Rolex is spotable everywhere. But we mm -hmm. like you can get look at it from that two, uh, two aspects of like, um, do you want to just switch because you want something new? And also like, is the switching going to be as... Um, valuable as the assets that you have now as well right and that's like where the research and the time comes in mm -hmm. so like what i'm trying to offload is whatever i have minus my i'm still deciding on the sub but i'm definitely keeping this day just like this is my piece forever yeah. like there's I a will story behind it yeah i mean this is the watch that this is like my wife on my wrist to me and this is something that i want to give to my kids when they get married i want them to wear it like that's this is to me the epitome of watch what watches mean mm -hmm. like this is and christian from theo and harris on the bottom of every one of his videos like the the sub banner whatever you call it it says they're more than watches they're heirlooms and these are pieces that like stand the test of time these yeah. things are the only object that tells stories to me and that's why this podcast is called No Concept of Time. This is why we do these things. It's because of that reason. And, like, we have a really strong friendship because of, like, a lot of it is because of watches. And we connect together a lot about yeah. watches and golf and betting a lot of money on sports. But that's another story. <laughs> that's that's um, another podcast for another time. That's another, exactly. <laughs> but, like, that's what the, these things mean, right? So, like, and all the other pieces that I have, I have no attachment to in, in a sense. And I would like to my kids are at the age now where like I want to own a piece that they can see like from when they remember when they can start like remember things when they're older mm -hmm. to like that I'm still wearing then that I can also pass down to them or to someone okay, whatever that looks like let's get into some of the pieces that you're more interested in looking and looking for because a lot of a, a lot of what you're looking for is just stuff that I'm like yeah 
Like, if you're asking me, I'm going to say, yeah, 100%, because that's the type of watches that I love a lot. Like, the two brands that you're looking at the most are brands that are number one, number two on my list of, like, these are the watches that I can get. So, we have Vacheron and we have Cartier. Yeah, so I'm looking at the big one that I like. I've really, really fallen in love with That's the big one. is the um, Vacheron Constantine overseas, beautiful forty five hundred V. So stainless steel, gray dial. Because I think the blue is a little much. I like, like the I blue a lot personally. The blue, the don't blue get me wrong. Be for me personally, for sure. I would I, like for me to be more subtle and like be like a little bit more under the radar. I feel like the gray and the, with the sunburst on the dial is just like stunning like what a watch like i think i think i think overall anyways like a vacheron is not going to attract the same eyes that maybe a uh, no not even close no it's that i like that's the big one for me from vacheron i honestly i'd take the blue i'd take the black i would take the gray i'd have to see like on wrist what that looks like um that on a fucking band too is amazing yeah i mean you could do anything with it look at this man like look 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 at this hold on hold on hold on Cause now I have the background on and I can't, I can't, there you go. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. In, in the one in gold. Yeah. Man. And then you can get on that blue yeah. strap. It's amazing. Dog. That's like, yeah. I mean, you could nice do, watch. you could do so much with it. It's, it's just such a great watch. And then I'm thinking that I was also potentially thinking like in the direction of Jaeger. Um, my dad has a really, really big connection with JLC. I don't mm. know if he'd like to admit it, but he, I know he <laughs> loves JLC and he loves, um, Omega, like old Omega Seamasters. Um, but to me, the JLC Polaris, which is the like their sportier watch. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on this podcast when we were talking about We have Omega, talked about so. it. I, I really, really like it. The green dial one. I just don't love it on a bracelet. And I think I'd want something on a bracelet just so I can have that versatility that I don't have to be wearing it on rubber all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I bought the Seamaster, the Omega Seamaster 300M Professional, the new one, on a rubber. And I love it, but, like, you have to be in the mentality of wearing a rubber strap kind of, like, that's, like, super sporty, like, only sporty. I mean, you like sporty watches a lot, though. Yeah, but, like, I don't know if that's, like, an everyday, like, I can live with this forever kind of thing. And then that brings up the conversation of the conversation that we had yesterday about the Cartier tank that you're thinking about getting. Yeah. That watch, for me, is more fitting for me. As as a person who likes a lot of complications and lot and likes to wear a watch wherever, you're not wearing that Cartier on the on the golf course, but like that's not happening. No, yeah. no, can't happen. And like it, it would be more of like what I'm wearing now, like with a sweater or, like, more casual things. So that's why maybe I'm thinking maybe go, a little bit, not as like high value as like the Vacheron and maybe mm. like split the difference and go Cartier and something else. Cartier which 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 one would you want? Louis, Americana? I, Louis got the classic. I think I think the American is nice, but it's more like that was almost also that was almost going to be my wedding watch. That was almost the one Meg got me for that the wedding. That would be perfect. Perfect. Yeah, on the on the blue, but I wanted something and I'm glad I did this too. Like I'm glad I didn't stick with the American because I like the vintage look of the 16 to me the Datejust 1601 is one of the greatest watches ever made mm-hmm. hands down no question um so i'm glad i went with that but i think i would go uh louis on leather louis on Don't leather qu- isn't that cheap though either no it's it's 
Especially in gold. Like if if you're buying the gold version, as a person who's researched the Cartier collection a lot, that's like thirteen grand. Is it? Yeah, it's like thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's it's anywhere from nine to thirteen thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, you know what? I have to do a little bit more research exactly. on the actual. And like, I'm also still attracted. I'm really attracted to the Santos on bracelet. Like, I love that watch. I think it's a gorgeous watch. I mean, the modern ones. We have too. talked about it a lot. I mean, it's a really. About that watch. But that's becoming also a little bit flashy. Like, that's becoming a little bit more. Uh synonymous with like finance bro first watch like i want to buy something expensive just yeah but expensive. we're not that so it doesn't matter like we, what we what we like that watch for is a different reason like i don't think anybody would look at us and be like oh fucking finance bros like yeah i'm not wearing a patagonia vest when i'm wearing this so like that's not me at all like <laughs> like, like that's not what i'm gonna wear it's oh it's also like I, I know that we get like um a little off put when it comes to wearing certain watches because we don't want to be identified as like, a, a certain type of person, because we wear this type of watch, but it's also about, like, just how you carry yourself as well. Like, you don't wear that type of stuff for someone. Like, you'll be, yeah, you'll be a little bit more likely to be a, a finance bro than me, but, like, you don't dress <laughs> like that. Like, you don't you don't dress with, like, Patagonia and, like, some BS, like, sneakers and stuff like that. Like, that's not, that's not what it is, by the like, way. Like, uh, all birds and shit? Yeah, yeah, like, by the way, Louis is 10 grand. Yeah, ninety five, ninety five fifty. But that's a small model, so like I'm work. See, like that's that worries the me. Like, I the large model is ten seven. Okay. Yeah, like we'll it's, have to not, go try it on. it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a bad price. But my point with that would be like this cart. Like Cartier, we talked about this. Cartier and Vacheron could be like the next of the watch world because I feel like it's going in that way. In that in that way, especially with Cartier. But is it gonna hold its value yeah. like a Rolex? Is the point. When right. you start, when you like, start talking I, about assets, it would it hold its value? Right, and that's where like I think Vacheron has that. They're the holy trinity, right? Like they mm-hmm. are the Patek, AP, Vacheron. Like those are the highest level watchmakers in the world right now. Like they are the three so-called gods of the watch world. Yeah. So to me, that's like makes it feel a little bit safer. But like it's not as hype as a steel model Rolex, which like you can't go wrong with. Exactly. Like, that Pepsi you'll be able to sell any day of the week. Will this Louis and, take... Like, like, going back to Christian... Christian, uh, I mean, Theo and Harris, they've had their Tank Americana that I was thinking about getting last year on there. Mm-hmm. Still is on there. For a really decent price. They want five grand for it. And it's, it's a really decent price and it's a really nice watch. But if they would have put a Pepsi up, it would have been gone... Yesterday. Maybe a day, like maybe a day. I'll, I'll give that. So it, it's it's also that like it, we start to get into the the aspect of like I'm buying what I want, but if you're looking at it as an investment and as an asset, will this still be an asset after I buy this? Like for me, yeah. for me, for the standpoint of Cartier, I think buying a secondhand Cartier makes way more sense than buying a brand new Cartier. From what I've seen on right. the price points, for sure. Yeah. And, like, the vintage market in Cartier, too, like, it, to me, entry-level vintage, so I'm saying, like, sub-20 grand, like, not, mm-hmm. like, the insane pieces, but, like, that market is so stable and so deep and so in-grounded in the watch market that, like, I don't see that moving. 
Like yeah. the watch I have on my wrist is not moving. The sixteen oh one. Like that's going to be that price and will be that price for as long as I can think. Any like the entire modern Rolex market's a little bit iffy right now. All of the like all modern everything market is a little bit wild. Where like even expensive vintage is crazy. Yeah. I have to find that like balance of like what I like and then like what is safe. Yeah. And that's where like I'm in limbo of right now. Cartier Vintage is definitely a big market. Like I send you Cartier Vintage all the time. I'm like these these watches the are, are, are beautiful watches. Like I sent you a watch. I forgot what what is it? what I think it's the turtle watch. I think is the Cartier one. Tortu. Tortu. The Tortu. That watch is fucking beautiful. Like yeah, this, Cartier does such a great job with shapes, and it's 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 insane. Like this, it doesn't have to just be circular. And I feel like that's the, the watch world is so stuck on that. And they, they really, 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 like, expound on, like, different shapes that they have. And it's, it's fucking great. Like, that's why I love Cartier so much. Because I just feel like the guys that attack you over the Pepsi will never say anything to me for having a Cartier on. No. I think, now I'm looking, I'm, like, looking as we're talking. The Tank American Normal, like, an old, like, one in the early 80s, like, in gold, is insane that's like to me design wise like ownership of design and like what it means to be a designer and like create products this is like the epitome of that that's a great watch man like oh they sold it finally yeah they did sell it yeah for five grand like i remember me and you talking about like hey what do you think i could really get this watch for yeah, like, I'll put the link in the show notes to the exact piece that we're looking at on, yeah, on Theo and Harris's like, site. It's just it's just a great watch. Like like that's the thing. And then uh, the Louis is the one that they say it's a little bit more tailored to the actual first tank, and it's like the one that has a little bit more meaning than that one as well. So like, there's a story on that, and it's really elegant. Like and and like it's really elegant. But me and you talked about this because you were like, what what happens when you jump in the water? I was like, I take it off. Like I don't care. Like I'm not jumping yeah. in the water with this. And, and I, can, I don't and think you like, can wear it on a, on an everyday basis. It's just people have this thing of like, if it's a dress watch, you can't wear it every day. You can definitely wear that watch every day, right? And like I, this is like something I'd wear exactly like you're saying. Right, like in the situation I'm in right now, I'm working yeah. from home today. Um, I, I'm not really doing anything. I'm not on vacation. If I'm on vacation, I'll wear a specific watch for that. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be wearing the Ultra to be honest. So like, whenever I'm not wearing the Ultra, it's like, what am I going to be wearing? Also, guess what? Nobody's gonna crack me over the head for a fucking Louis. Exactly. That's like, the, also that's like a huge thing. Yeah. Nobody's gonna like everybody's gonna, gonna be like, oh, he he has a he has a okay new like but like like a, a little baby watch like a starter watch but it's just like yeah also I love this watch and I'm not gonna get cracked over the head eating eggs exactly like no thanks yeah, man exactly. like, yeah, like like. There's there's a lot more aspects that have to go into buying watches now. Like it, yeah. there's a lot more that you have to take into account, and um, whether it be assets and then like you know getting robbed for the watch and like actually just liking the just liking the watch. I feel has to be the first thing that crosses that 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 line on the board. Like if you like the watch, then you get into the other aspects of it and see if it's valuable enough for you to have as an asset. That's like the first layer. It's like has to liking be. the watch, and then you guys could go down the layers and, and like filter out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Like so if, if anyone has any suggestions, exactly, any sort of like thing that you think that I work with for me, like send it my way, please. I would exactly. love to see. I want to hear like other people's takes on it. What range are we looking in? 
price wise? Yeah. Not a fortune. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, like, but like, let's let's say sub twenty five. Okay. But if there's if I one downsize everything. Yeah, if you downsize everything, if there's one big boy watch, thirty grand, forty grand. We, I don't, not forty. Let's not say forty. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a car. That's a brand new car. <laughs> yeah, but all right. If you guys have any suggestions, send them in. Um, I, I was saving this for for the podcast. I sent a picture to you, Neve. I end this off with this of a Cartier box, and and uh, he actually he he bombarded me to tell me what it was this whole time. Like um, attacked. It's a Cartier love ring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a Cartier love ring. I I. Almost, 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 almost was really close to pulling the trigger on a tank. But I feel like what, I have the, to really, really, really look for it. What, what, what's the ring for? Christmas gift. Yeah, but for who? Just, oh, come on. Who else is it going to be for? for? It's just an early Christmas what, gift. What, but like a, like a. There's no special, yeah, there's no special occasion oh, for or anything. On. It's just come a rose gold love ring. That's it. That's it. There's nothing else. That's not Come it. on. No, it's definitely nothing like that. And we'll end that off here. Um, no concept of time, episode seven. We'll be back next week for sure. My life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. Everybody loves the sunshine. Sunshine. Everybody loves the sunshine. Sunshine. Folks get down in the sunshine